Good afternoon and good evening to everyone. My name is Dave Frankowski and I'll be your moderator for today's class. And welcome to another lecture given by the Oceanside California class. This is a school and not a church. Neither are we affiliated with any religious organization. This school is a nonprofit, non-denominational, religious and scientific research organization dedicated to showing proof of the existence of Yahweh our Elohim and the operation of his eternal purpose, pattern and plan operating throughout eternity to this present day. The school was established as a result of a divine vision and revelation given unto our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley in the state of Ohio in the year of 1931. We were incorporated in the state of California in the year of 1958, and we hold classes in the United States and in various other countries. The Oceanside class was established in 1994. At this time, I'd like to introduce to you the Dean of the Oceanside class, Dr. Dennis Volpe, and the president, Dr. Carl Emler. Now in this school, we use the true, correct, and original name and title for the Father, the Word or Son, and the Holy Spirit, which are contained in the original Hebrew text. The correct name for our Heavenly Father is Yahweh. It has been improperly substituted by Lord. The correct title for the Word or Son is Elohim. It has been improperly substituted by God. And the correct name of the Holy Spirit manifest in or out of a physical body is Yahshua. It has been erroneously substituted by Jesus Christ. Lord and God are titles, and they are not names. The Apostle Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, tells us in 1 Corinthians 8 and 5 that there are Lord's many and there are God's many. But we now know that each Lord must have a name, and each God must have a name also. Elohim is a title, but unlike the titles of Lord and God, Elohim is a divine title. It's a divine title because it's the title that our Creator has chosen for Himself. Jesus is a name, but it is an erroneous name. And a minor investigation on your part into a good dictionary or encyclopedia would prove that neither the Hebrew, the Greek, nor the Latin languages have any letters or characters in their alphabet that would produce the sound that's made by the letter J. Neither was there a letter J in our own English language until some 1400 years after the death of the Messiah, which would make such names as Jesus and Jehovah impossible renderings for the true name of our Father and His Son. Christ is a title just like Lord and God. Yahweh is pure spirit, and in this state, he is incomprehensible and inscrutable. He is the ultimate source, substance, the limits, and the bounds of everything that exists. We have Yahweh in his pure spirit state, symbolized on this chart as a cloud. Yahweh is not a cloud. He merely chose a cloud because a cloud is no particular or descriptive shape and form. And we've drawn this cloud to extend all around the edges of this chart to show that everything on the chart is within the cloud. 
in like manner, everything in the universe abides within the pure spirit state of Yahweh. Yahweh knowing that man could not perceive of him in his pure spirit state, took on shape and took on form right within himself as Yahweh Elohim. This is the word or son, a super incorporeal being, that is, having the shape and form of a man, but without flesh and blood. This form can only be seen in divine visions and understood in divine revelations. Later on, this self-same spirit manifests himself in a physical body, and he walked the earth plane as Yahshua the Messiah, who the whole world calls Jesus Christ. Now, there's only one name given unto salvation, and we must know that name. So a simple yet intelligent question that we should ask ourselves is, what did they call the Savior when he walked the earth plane? And a further understanding of this name and title may be had by reading the preface to the Holy Name Bible. Also in this school, we teach by the divine pattern of the universe. It's the divine pattern because it's Yahweh's pattern. After Yahweh led the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt, he called Moses on top of Mount Sinai, and he showed him this threefold tabernacle pattern in a vision. Later on, Yahweh instructed Moses to build one in the wilderness of Sinai, exactly like the one he had seen in his vision on the mount. The tabernacle pattern is a threefold pattern consisting of a most holy place, a holy place, and a court roundabout. These three compartments make up the one tabernacle pattern. In this school, we show proof that everything in the universe is made and it operates according to the structure and the function of this threefold tabernacle pattern and that absolutely nothing escapes the pattern. The school has 10 primary constitutional aims and objectives, and they are as follows. One, to help you find and know Yahweh our Elohim as he really is and actually exists. Two, to form a nucleus of universal brotherhood of humanity in Yahshua the Messiah without distinction of race, nationality, creed, sex, caste, or color. Three, to investigate the unexplained spirit law or so-called law of nature and the powers latent in man. Four, to encourage and promote the study of the scriptures, comparative religion, psychology, philosophy, modern, practical, and occult science. Five, to extirpate current superstition, skepticism, and ignorance. Six, to learn, know, and understand the operation of Yahweh's eternal purpose through the dispensations and ages. Seven, to discern and avoid being deceived by Lucifer, the serpent, the devil, the dragon, or Satan and his demons, operating the mystery of iniquity on earth through the dispensations of time. Eight, to earnestly contend for the common salvation and faith, which was once delivered unto the sons or children of Yahweh. Nine, to make known that, to make known that Yahweh from the beginning ordained, there is no other name given among men whereby man can be saved, saving the name of Yahshua the Messiah. 
and 10, to inherit eternal life now in the kingdom of Yahshua the Messiah, with the hope of immortal glorification in the new earth state. Our watchword is peace, and our slogan is speak the truth. We'll begin this afternoon with a prayer by Dr. Frank DeMassey from our Syracuse class. And we'll have a scripture read, which will be Isaiah, the 12th chapter, and that'll be read by Dr. Kathy Hules from our Bradford PA class. Hello, everyone. Can you hear me okay? I don't hear yes. anybody. Yes. Okay, okay everybody want to bow their hearts and minds, get in that private, special place where you can communicate with your Heavenly Father. Dear Father, allow your spirit to flourish through the chosen vessels tonight, that through them you may make us realize that we truly have heard a voice from heaven. Allow us the wisdom and the intelligence to know and recognize your attributes being formed in us and allow us the wisdom to always give you the credit and the glory. Allow us to always love the truth and allow us the heart to always hold one another's arms up in these last days where we're at the brink of finally going home and putting all these ailments of the flesh behind us and spend eternity learning and loving and understanding more of our creator. We ask this in your name. May we all say hallelujah. Hallelujah. The scripture reading will be Isaiah, the 12th chapter. I will be reading the scripture from the King James Version of the Bible and inserting the true and correct names where necessary. And in that day, thou shalt say, O Yahweh, I will praise thee. Though thou wast angry with me, thine anger is turned away, and thou comfortest me. Behold, Elohim is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For Yahweh is my strength and my song. He also has become my salvation. Therefore, with joy shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation. In that day shall you say, praise Yahweh. Call upon his name, declare his doings among the people, make mention that his name is exalted. Sing unto Yahweh, for he has done excellent things. This is known in all the earth. Cry out and shout, thou inhabitant of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel in the midst of thee. Isaiah 12, chapter. Thank you, Dr. Hules and Dr. DeMassey. Our scripture readers this afternoon will be Dr. Kathy Hules from Bradford, PA, and also Dr. Deb Cometti from our Syracuse class. And we'll have a three-speaker format this afternoon, each speaker getting approximately 35 minutes. And our first speaker this afternoon will be Dr. John Cometti from our Syracuse class. I'd like to say thank you. Um, you know, uh, 
both in the prayer and in the scripture. Um, it's talking about in the prayer was talked about asking for the wisdom um, to give Yahweh the credit that is due. And in the scripture, you see, um, it's talking about praising and giving credit that is due to Yahweh and his great name. And, you know, throughout history and um, and time, obviously we're governed by rules and regulations from a, a physical standpoint. And let's go over and get Romans um, 1, 19 and 20, please. Romans 119, because that which may be known of Yahweh is manifest in them, for Yahweh has shown it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. So we can look then to things of the natural or on, of nature and various things that are both that are physical uh, and try and understand something about our creator and give praise, you see, um, in glory unto him. And down through time, uh, mankind has been governed, I'm not going to say. Uh, exclusively by a couple of things. But the two things that I'm, I'm gonna talk about are big players in how mankind has been controlled. And that is fear and faith. And to keep <clears throat> um, everyone on the same page, let's look up fear and um, and then faith, please. I have fear. And um, I was in a, a conversation with my son this morning, you know, and uh, we were obviously watching some world news and and started talking about, <clears throat> you know, control and how different institutions uh, set a standard in a mind and how how to uh, be governed and in that and um, this this came up you know that all the uh, citizenships or governments or bodies um, that were formed or that had control down through, these two things, you know, um, played a factor in how mankind in that environment was controlled. So let's look at fear. Fear. Right, from, whichever one. Go fear ahead. from a Funkin' Wagnall Standard College Dictionary 
Fear is number one, an agitated feeling aroused by awareness of actual or threatening danger, trouble, etc., dread, terror. So, so um, read that again, please. There's a few there things that I like to uh, bring out. An agitated feeling aroused by awareness of actual or threatening danger, trouble, etc., dread, terror. So there's something that's throwing up a flag that's letting you know that there's danger, you see. Now, that danger can come in many ways. Um, you know, you take like uh, the Germans, they were convinced that they were going to be attacked and many other um, civilizations used and governments used that fear tactic of we got to get them before they get us, okay? Now, many of our veterans, you know, they have also gone off um, to war. And I know when I was, you know, myself in that situation, fortunately, they did away with the draft at that, at that time. But I was going because of the fear of losing fr the freedom of our independence. You, you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. um, and... Go ahead now with faith, please. Or do you have more there, Kathy? I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't, I want more. Okay. Here. Number two, an uneasy feeling that something may happen contrary to one's desires. Go ahead. A feeling of deep reverential awe and dread, the fear of God. Or also, you see this, this, this sword here <laughs> in a spiritual war. Fear could also be to stand in awe of, you see, um, something. And, you know, there are, uh, you take Egypt. Here's an example of a mixture of the two, both fear and faith. Now, the Pharaoh, he would make himself out to be a god and that governing body, correct? You see what I'm saying? So you would have both faith and fear, you see, of, of that leader. Go ahead with um, uh, faith now. Faith is complete trust or confidence in someone or something. Complete trust in someone or something, right? Yeah. Now, um, I'll say this. Now, there's some things that we had faith in even before coming down and hearing the truth, okay? Such as we had faith that when we went to sleep the night before, that that sun would rise the next day. And we gained, we have that faith because it, it's been that way ever since we could remember. We would go to sleep, it would be dark. Well, it depends on which hours you shift, but or shifts you work or, or that, but the general concept is that sun will rise the next day. And I don't ever remember, you know, um, as a child, uh, fearing that the sun might not rise the next day. Now, I did have fear that I might not rise the next day, but <clears throat> I surely knew that that sun um, was going to come up. Now, 
take as a child, my grandson. He's going to he's going to fear diving into the water. But as you stand there with your child or any child that you're teaching or guiding um, them with, you would put your hands out and he would gain trust that he could jump off that side in that water and be safe. So he had faith or he had trust. See, not that first time, but now you take a season later, that little grandson of mine, you know, all I can say is now I got to score his dives. He's not, he's not afraid of diving into the water. Now he wants to make that dive as perfect as it can. And believe me, he loves to see the scorecards go up on his jumps. You follow me? But the fear that he once had has been overcome, you see, um, because he now has trust in that. And, you know, that's why a lot of times our dollar bills, they say trust in, right? You know what I'm saying? I'm just trying to, 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 to show you how these things now. So then this faith that we have complete trust in, again, is going to wind up giving that glory to our creator. And then, you know, Dr. Dr. Um, Jerry Geller, uh, yeah, uh, Wednesday night in the Syracuse Zoom, you know, was speaking about uh, trials and the tribulations. Um, let's go over to the Romans, um, the fifth chapter, three through five, about, about verse three. Romans <laughs> five, three. Oh. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also. And she was, we glory. What are you talking about? We glory in tribulations. Go ahead. Knowing that tribulation worketh patience. That tribulations works patience. Go ahead. And patience experience. And, and then ex that, go ahead. That patience. You see, now, after that first dive, he had to keep practicing, practicing. Now he's thriving for that 10. You follow me? Go ahead. And patience, experience, and experience, hope. Uh-huh. And, and hope. That, go ahead. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of Yahweh is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, which is given unto us. Okay. So so now you see, um, and you know, I'm gonna go over and uh uh, let's read, let's get um, Psalms 32 and 8. Psalms 32 and 8. I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. Now, I will guide now, thee with that, thine eye. Who's speaking here? Oh, it's got to be Yahweh, Elohim. Be Yahweh Elohim speaking, you see, and he's saying, read it again, please. I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I, I will instruct. He, so he's going to instruct us, right? He's going to teach us in the way that we might go. It, that's, what he, that's what it's saying here. He's saying, correct? 
which thou shalt go. Which that which way you shalt go, right? So yeah. he's doing the instructing. You follow me? Now, when you're being governed by something, you see, that means to, to have control over, you know, uh, control and and um and direct. Okay. So he's instructing us or directing us in the way that we might go. Because if it wasn't that way, and as Paul writes about falling into these diverse um, tribulations that we find ourselves in, whatever they might be, as he did and, and the rest of the brethren um, down through. And when I speak of brethren, I'm talking about Daniel, for an example, see, uh, a brother in the faith. Uh, and he finds himself, you see, and the government that was governing him from a physical standpoint at that time, it would have been, you see, over fear because they were saying, look, you had to do certain things at certain times, eat certain things and do certain, correct? And if you didn't, they would come and get your head. Now, Daniel, he had more faith in the operation of Yahweh and that Yahweh, you see, would instruct him in the way that he needed and had enough power to overcome anything that that physical government kingdom you see whatever it might be is what i'm saying because we have different forms we have dictatorships and you see we have socialism we have all of those forms of government from a physical standpoint okay that are ruling or governing mankind okay i want to um what i'm trying to share tonight is the way that yahweh you see governs or you see um, has established through his purpose to uh, work uh, both through and with mankind. And here he is, you see, with Daniel, who is up against a very powerful, no different than Moses would have been up against a very powerful um administration being pharaoh who have already said was also acting as you see a god and the government and back there yahweh had showed us through that manifestation that he had power over both do you see both that god man and that i'll say government man Okay, <clears throat> because he overcame that establishment or government that was ruling over, you see, his chosen. Now, it wasn't Daniel that possessed the power to come up out of that lion's den. It was the faith 
you see, that he had in Yahweh, no different than after Moses had witnessed back there those miracles that Yahweh had done with the children of Israel, you see, that Moses, when, you see, will say, stuck his rod in that water, just for a way of saying it, and now water rolled back. He had faith in Yahweh because of that, no different than my grandson, you see, jumping into my arms, but the things that he had already seen Yahweh, you see, establish through the battle with Pharaoh that he could have, you see, and um, deliver those children as Yahweh had promised him those children would be delivered. Now, Moses, the man, had no clue and how to deliver those children of Israel up out of that bondage that they were in. But Yahweh both guided and instructed, as we read about over in Psalms, that Yahweh will instruct us, Moses, in the way. And he instructed him what to do, when to do it, how to do it, and even what time to do it. Now, even when they went up over there in Canaan's land, what was it that they had that they didn't feel they could overcome the giants in that land, but fear and lacked that faith? That faith in the one and only creator is what I'm trying to get across tonight, see? And that faith can overcome anything and everything that we find ourselves up against. Witnessed by the sufferings, you see, and also the glory that was, that, that was given to many of these uh, brothers of ours in the past. Because they felt that they couldn't even and lacked the faith to conquer what was their promised land. And we don't want to lack that faith in thinking that we can establish the promised land. We, in this age, if we could have the dispensations, um, chart blown up a little bit, please. In this age, it's called the present kingdom age. And I'm talking about different governments in kingdoms, you see, that Yahweh has already demonstrated um, from a physical standpoint. And we are still in the flesh with these governing bodies still being established throughout the world and dictating and overseeing mankind okay so this kingdom is called the uh present kingdom age right so we're in a we're in a kingdom 
and it's a spiritual kingdom. And we're being guided, you see, spiritually. And as we speak about in many of these classes, that if we believe the Messiah, he had come in to bring an end or fulfill an old way of worship and usher us into a new way of worshiping. So in other words, we're being guided, you follow me, or directed or instructed by this establishment being the present kingdom age in how we should be both acting and if we have faith, you see, and don't lack that faith because of fear of, you see, whether it be something in the physical, because we will not achieve the peace, the comfort that Yahweh has promised to his sons. See, we, we got to, you see, that diving, we just got to keep, you see, uh, getting in that water and getting out and getting back in. See, and these tribulations that our brethren have experienced, whether it even be Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. Now, a natural man, from a natural standpoint, fears fire. Now, <clears throat> you weren't born with that fear, you see, because there ain't a child I know that don't want to get next to that flame or touch something hot. We're, we're then taught that type of fear, you see, and I'm not talking about the fear of standing in awe, although oh, we got some good respect for that flame, right? Okay, um, after we have experienced why they kept telling you not to touch it see um and then we know and we fear that flame you see because we've been been taught but at first we don't have uh that fear uh, of, of of those things okay so now let's go to um of uh, uh, psalms i love david uh psalms 119 um, and start about 10. Psalm 119.10. With my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Blessed Me? are I'm sorry. Go ahead. Start again, Kath, please. I'm going to interrupt you. Psalm 119.10. With my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. So he says, with my whole heart have I sought thee. And David, okay. Now remember, David, he's another one that just as Moses and just as Daniel and just as she met uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego <clears throat> did not have fear, you see, of what mankind or what was being thrown at them from the establishments or that which was governing them, okay, and had faith 
that Yahweh would overcome. And he's saying here, David, again, because just as he went up against Goliath and all of Israel feared this, this giant, okay, as it would talk about in um, the 17th chapter of Samuel back there. But David, because of the faith that he had, that Yahweh had already delivered him out of the hand, you see, of these creatures, that he knew that Yahweh would then deliver him out of the hand of that giant. And that's the kind of faith that our brethren have had down through the ages in dispensations. And he's asking David, after witnessing the things that he had witnessed, you see, through his, his days, he's asking, you see, Yahweh to guide him, correct? To, you see, in other words, direct him in Yahweh's ways so that he doesn't go contrary to what Yahweh would have him to do, to show glory, not unto David, but unto Yahweh. He's instructing us. He is guiding us, you see, in this dispensation and age, you see, and he's guiding us with, with, with faith that what he has done and what he has overcome down through the ages in dispensations, you see, in that, in that we should not fear, see, what is going on around us, but have faith that Yahweh will deliver us. See, it's a, it's a hard thing to do when you're in the hole buried, you see, to look and get up and dig back out of to take a good look at things, you see, and, 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 and that faith will overcome, see, all those things that are um, brought about. Let's have um, Philippians 4 and 7. You know what? I, I want more of uh, one night. I'm sorry, Psalms 119 there where you were in 10. I want about four more verses. I'm sorry. Psalm 119, 11. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. See, thy word I hid in my heart that you might not sin, that I might not sin. I don't want to go again. Go ahead. Blessed art thou, O Yahweh. Teach me thy statutes. Teach me, you see, thy statutes. Or what? Instruct me. Go ahead. With my lips have I declared all the judgments of thy mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies as much as in all riches. And, and, and I think that many of us have rejoiced in this great testimony, you see, of the power of the Holy Spirit, you see, coming down through ages and dispensations. And that we, you see, um, have such a great faith And the wisdom to understand 
who is operating in this present kingdom age. Go ahead, Kath. I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. And I'm going to re- go ahead. I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. Right. See, and look at, we know how much we have, you see, defended the gospel as those brethren before us defended the power of Yahweh, you see, um, when people tried to change, you see, or take over those uh, um, Israelites uh, back then, you see. And when they lost faith in Yahweh, they were overcome in their fear, you see. And, and that's that time that Daniel, because at that point, they are in exile, you see. And Daniel's, when he's writing, he's writing um, uh, from that, you see, and that he was, you know, down there in that. Um, now let's go over and get uh, Philippians um, 4, I think maybe 6 start at. Philippians 4 and 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto Yahweh Elohim. And the peace of Elohim, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through the Messiah, Yahshua. Finally, my brethren... Whatever Wait a things are- uh, I want you to go back. I'm going to interrupt. So uh, please start again. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made unto be made known unto Yahweh Elohim. Go ahead. And the peace of Elohim, which passes all understanding, now shall the keep peace, your heart. The, now the peace of Elohim, which passes all other understanding this this is a greater understanding go ahead deb shall keep your hearts and minds now that the peace that that peace is going to keep your hearts and mind what through yashua the messiah through yashua the messiah that's what's going to keep both your heart and your mind you see into that that peace go ahead here Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are honest, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. Yeah. See, if there be any any praise, you see, um, speak on these things. Now, uh, let's go over, and um, I want to get, again, Romans. uh, You know what? Isaiah, the 12th chapter. Isaiah, the 12th chapter. Sir, write it one. I don't. uh, The 12th chapter, yes. Isaiah 12. Isaiah 12, 1. In that day, thou shalt say, O Yahweh, I will praise thee. Okay, so over here in the scripture, it says in that day, you see, in what day? (laughs) Go ahead. I don't know how to acknowledge this thing. 
I will praise thee, though thou was angry with me, thine anger is turned away, and thou hast comforted me. Behold, Elohim is my salvation. I so, will trust and not be afraid. Yeah, this is what we have this trust in. This is where this faith is. It's in this operation of Yahweh that it will, as it has done, deliver, you see, the brethren from whatever trial, whatever tribulation, whatever, whatever they find themselves in. It's not for a pity feast. It's to strengthen and to show the glory and power of Yahweh. See, now um, I'm going to end this with um, um, Romans again, the fifth chapter, uh, three through five. Romans five and three. And not only so, but we glory in tribulation also, knowing that tribulation works patience, patience, experience, and experience hope. Go ahead. And hope makes not ashamed, because the love of Yahweh is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given unto us. Uh, Now, read that last verse again, Deb please and hope makes not ashamed because so that this hope makes not ashamed you see and paul also writes that anything that is done without faith you see is sin so brethren maintain the faith show glory unto yahweh and we shall be delivered I hope and trust you got something. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Thank you, Dr. Kometi. And our next speaker this afternoon will be the dean from our Rhode Island class, Dr. Susan Kelsky. Good evening, everyone. Um, thoroughly enjoyed the first speaker. Um, a lot of comforting and um, inspiring thoughts as we all have our challenges and our struggles and the things that day to day we go through and sometimes stop us in our tracks to try and think about what does Yahweh want me to see with what's going on? What, what am I, what do I need to be shown? What do I need to learn? Um, and that faith, um, that scripture that John quoted right towards the end about anything that is not of faith is sin um, is a thought-provoking scripture. And it's telling us that if we're not doing things based on our understanding, our conviction in this gospel, the things that we have been shown, um, that we do understand, that we have seen, that we're transgressing something inside of ourselves. If we're not being honest and true to to that which is within us, it's like a transgression, Um, which is something to 
to kind of keep in mind as we go through our days and try to be as honest and true and, and um, uh, true to this gospel, um, true to what we've been shown. And living in the New Testament is not always easy in the New Covenant. Sorry, not the New Testament, the New Covenant. Um, that Holy Spirit that's been given to us with the spirit of understanding and the spirit of revelation um, shows us what we each individually need to see in the path that we're on for learning and growing in the Holy Spirit. And sometimes that manifests differently um, to us or from us than others. And it's easy to, to judge um, and compare and we need to be careful about that so that we're able to just allow each of us to be on the path that Yahweh has us on. Now, um, I'm not quite sure why I wandered off onto that kind of a comment. Um, I guess what John was talking about really made me think about a lot of things. Um, I have realized um, in, in recent days that it's very easy for us to get desensitized or distracted from the things that are happening on any level in each of our own worlds. And the news um, made me think of that the other day because I realized how much the fighting in the Ukraine has to many people gone into the background. Um, there's the things with uh, um, hearings um, about the siege on the Capitol and um, other types of things going on in the world that's endless um, with shootings and uh, stories of corruption and um, it just every five minutes, there's a new disaster, a new um, pollution, a new disappointment, um, something that, that grabs our attention. And the thing that was so horrible um, a week ago is no longer on the front pages or no longer on our radar screen. And how is that possible that all these things are competing for our attention in this world? And um, more so as we realize that the mystery of iniquity tries to keep distracting us from the things that we wanna be focused on um, in, in this glorious gospel. And we have to guard against that so that we don't lose track of the important things and get pulled off and distracted by the many things that are out there. Um, let me, let's see, um, let's go back into the, um, in Philippians, the fourth chapter where John was. And I'd like to get what he had read, which I think he started with six and read down a little bit further than where he picked up. So, or where he ended off. So if we could do Philippians four, starting at six, please. Philippians four and six, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto Yahweh Elohim. All right, so be anxious for nothing, which is easy for Paul to write, difficult for us to do, read. And the peace of Elohim, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through the Messiah, Yahshua. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, 
whatever things are honest, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. Now, Paul is talking firsthand. He's, he's speaking from his heart and his mind and his soul. And you can tell from the way that he's saying this, this is a testimony, an eyewitness testimony from him to the people in the class that he's trying to comfort and inspire. He's experienced these things and he's telling them this is possible. Read. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the Elohim of peace shall be with you. All right, and he's saying that those things which you have learned and you've received and you've heard and you've seen in him do. So he's telling them to take all of the, the instruction, the teaching, the witnesses that they've received and do that, and what will happen? But I rejoiced in Yahweh greatly that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, of which you were also mindful, but ye lacked opportunity. Read. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatever state I am in this to be content. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. All right, and so he's talking about in respect of want, he has learned. He has learned through witnesses and through experience. He's learned through that same process that the first speaker was describing about his grandson learning to trust for swimming and growing in that confidence that's taken him from a babe and um, a state of fear or uncertainty to um, an attitude now where he's um, competing against his own um, capabilities and continuing to aspire to even greater things. So. Paul is saying he's experienced being abased. He's experienced abounding. He's experienced being full and experienced being hungry, abounding and suffering need. Read 13. I can do all things through the Messiah who strengthens me. And what he learned from all those experiences, from all those witnesses, was he can do all things through the Messiah who strengthens him. Now, that parallels the story that the first speaker also spoke about with David and Goliath and how David knew from his experiences and from his interactions that he credited to Yahweh what he was capable of doing, not just under his own power or abilities or whatever, but Yahweh with him was able to give him that faith and that confidence that he could tackle Goliath when everybody else around him was scared and nobody was willing to, to go and take on that giant who was disrespecting um, Yahweh and disrespecting the armies of Israel, but David was ready to take him on 
not even blinking and um, did it with the tools, the resources that he had proven um, that he knew would work, that Yahweh gave him um, that would take down the giant. So it's going back to, to the, the um, principle of faith or the um, attribute characteristic um, trust in our souls of faith that Yahweh has given us. When we have that kind of conviction and confidence, that's, that's the divine um, uh, ability, the divine support, the divine um, uh, Yahweh uh, or Israel at the Red Sea and Moses saying, stand still and see the salvation of Yahweh for he shall fight for you today. Um, that was Yahweh with them back there fighting on many occasions for them throughout the Old Testament of the Bible and the stories that we read. Now under the new covenant, it's that divine um, fight, that divine um, spirit of strength and, and um, justice and um, uh, defense and um, love of, of the truth that's in us that we tackle and we've had the witnesses and we've developed over time from what we've been shown, what we've seen, what we've heard, what we've been given to understand to take on these battles. Now, um, if we go into Hebrews 11, if somebody um, would go over there and that chapter, as everyone knows, talks about faith. Um, that's the topic in, in that chapter. And it starts out, um, if somebody would read Hebrews, the, first, the first verse, please. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, faith here is talked about differently than many of us have experienced in our past, having come from different religious groups and, and um, the way that Christianity in general looks at faith. Here, faith is talked about as having substance and evidence, being evidence of things. And then the whole chapter goes down through a multitude of examples of how faith did things, caused things, um, things that happened because of faith. And um, we've read through this many times and realized that it wasn't an abstract concept and it wasn't blind faith as many people believe or um, if you explore with them what they believe, it turns out to be a blind belief, not based on anything that they can show you proof or witnesses for, um, but they've accepted something because someone they respect, someone they admire, someone they have been taught to believe have told them that X, Y, and Z are true. And so it goes from there um, to contrast with how Yahweh works faith. And we find out that faith is not blind and it's really the Holy Spirit with them that caused them to have the faith down through the scriptures and all these incredible examples. However, you get to the end of Hebrews 11, the chapter, 
and um, read verse 40. Yahweh, having provided some better thing for us, that they, um, can I start at 39? Sure. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. Yahweh, having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. All right. And so the point is made, thank you for picking up at 39. The point is made that all of these wonderful examples and things that happened and that are for our admonition and our learning and um, our understanding, all these things happened, but those people did not receive the promise because they, without us, um, Yahweh having provided something better, were not made perfect. Now, read over into um, chapter 12, if you would, beginning at one. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Okay, so it goes on after saying that all those um, wonderful examples of those people, um, those souls in the Old Testament, having faith, but not receiving the promise, it says we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. That cloud of witnesses is what creates, what supports, what um, produces the faith. That's where the trust is, um, how, how trust is created, how that um, over and over and over again, the repetition, the um, ability to see the principle in many manifestations as we've been given the ability under the new covenant to understand the distinction between manifestation and principle. Israel saw Yahweh open the Red Sea and um, allowed them to go through saw that Yahweh had the wheels on the chariots of the Egyptians drop off, which is something that has always, I've always found an endearing thing that Yahweh did. It's almost like divine humor um, in the way that he treated that whole situation. But um, Israel saw all that happen. And yet when they got into the wilderness and were thirsty or were hungry or were concerned about this, that, and the other thing, they didn't seem to remember all of those great things Yahweh did um, when they came upon the next new manifestation that was a challenge or a frustration or a, a fear, something that caused fear. They had the same response every time. Did you bring us out into this wilderness to die? Um, we were much better off back in, in Egypt. Um, they were much better at looking backwards with rose-colored glasses than they were at looking forwards to um, look for the promise that had been given, the hope that had been given. Um, the first speaker talked about those spies who didn't believe Yahweh's promise, even though they had those incredible witnesses that were brought back from Canaan's land when the spies came back. So um, we have such a great cloud of witnesses that are given to each and every one of us personally, daily, 
almost hourly if we were to, able to keep our minds focused on things in, in that kind of a way, like constantly looking for what Yahweh is, is showing us. And that gives us the faith um, to run this race and um, to, to keep looking forward towards the promised land, towards that um, uh, kingdom that the first speaker was talking about. Um, if you go down in this chapter, we're staying in this chapter, but we're going to go down a ways um, because so much of this kind of reminded me of some of these things that I know we go over many times, but every time you come in from a different facet or a different angle on something, um, when a speaker opens up that they take that diamond and they turn it a little bit and you see a different facet, um, it just is incredible how Yahweh, how magnificent and um, huge and beyond our understanding this whole purpose is because there's we just never run out of the ways to look at things or the ways he takes and turns it a little bit and all of a sudden it's a whole new picture that drops into place for us um if we go down to um 18 please in hebrews 12 hebrews 12 18 for you are not come unto the mount that might be touched and that burned with fire, nor unto blackness and darkness and tempest and the sound of a trumpet and the voice of words, which voice that they heard entreated that the word should not be spoken to them anymore, for they could not endure that which was commanded. And if so much as a beast touched the mountain, it shall be stoned or thrust through with a dart. And so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. All right. So he's, he's offering up a comparison here. So it starts out by saying, we're not coming to the Mount that might be touched. He's, we're not coming unto Mount um, Sinai back in the wilderness, back where Israel came when they were released out of the, uh, delivered from the bondage down in Egypt. But we are come unto Mount Zion, read in 22. But you are come unto Mount Zion and unto the city of the living Elohim, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to Yahweh, the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect. All right. And so we're coming to Mount Zion, to the city of the living Elohim, heavenly Jerusalem, an innumerable company of angels. This is that new kingdom, that new government, that new um, dwelling place that the first speaker was talking about. This is the contrast to what was back there and what they were living under. We've got a whole new situation here. Keep reading. And to Yahshua, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. All right, and so to Yahshua, the mediator of the new covenant, a mediator is someone who comes between two people, two things to um, generally try and forge uh, an agreement, um, uh, uh, reconciliation, um, to resolve some, some differences. And um, he's the only mediator He's the only one, the intercessor between us 
and um, what needed to, to happen um, for us to come into the new covenant and um, under that new covenant government and into that new kingdom. Read. Uh, so see that thou refuse not him that speaketh. For if they escape not who refused him that spake on earth, much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven. Read. Whose voice then shook the earth, but now he has promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. All right, that's that voice from heaven. And when it, he spoke back with Israel and from the top of the mountain and told them that what he wanted to do, they said to Moses, don't let you go talk to him. Don't let him speak to us because we won't live if he speaks to us. So now this voice from heaven is shaking earth and heaven or where we dwell in our hearts and our minds, read. Mm -hmm. And this word yet once more signifieth the removing of those things that are shaken as of things that are made, that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. All right. And so it's like somebody having um, a grate where you put dirt and sand and other things that you may have dug up from maybe like an archaeological site or something. And they shake that and they're looking for the treasures. They're looking for the valuable things. And they want the, um, the dirt and the sand and that kind of thing to drop through and, and not remain. So we're looking for the treasures um, that may remain here. Read 28. Wherefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve Yahweh acceptably with reverence and holy fear for our Elohim is a consuming fire. All right. We have received a kingdom which cannot be moved. So the, um, the natural things that are happening around us, if we think about that parable, he Yahshua used about the house being built on rock versus the house on sand. If we look at um, those pictures of the things from flooding in Yellowstone Park that occurred, um, you saw houses and um, just land masses and bridges and things just floating down the river. That's natural example of something that can be moved that was shaken and didn't remain, was not, um, was not part of a kingdom that can't be moved. The natural world we're living in, um, the things that we place our trust in, um, the from the natural, those things all can be moved, all are temporary, all can disappear in the twinkling of an eye. But the things that we've been given that are in us, those things that are the treasures in the heart, where moth and rust um, can't get to, um, can't corrode, can't pollute, those are part of the kingdom that he's talking about here. And um, that kingdom continues to be um, built, enhanced in us. Um, we, as time goes on, we recognize as the trust grows, um, again, going back to that swimming and jumping off the side of the pool and diving example, the more you do that, 
the more that you have trust, the more that the foundation of that kingdom is proven to be um, unable to be shaken, unable to be moved. And it's our goal for those things that we, we accept to, to as truth um, and are the, the racks, the bricks that go into that building of that kingdom, um, that those things are proven to be um, uh, divine um, construction or divine foundation. Now, um, one thing that some of the, the more recent things that I've read about or had conversations with people um, in and out of class um, about just reminded me of um, an article that we read uh, a, not too long ago, but I just want to bring out the key points again because it just reinforced um, a, an idea for me. The article was entitled How Complaining Rewires Your Brain for Negativity. And it had um, come to my mind because it seems like there's a lot of complaining going on and a lot of focus on um, all of the frustrations and um, the things that, that tend to drag us down. And um, that from a natural standpoint, which we know the natural uh, shows us something about the spiritual or psychological um, per Romans 1, 19 and 20 that the first speaker got. Um, let me read just a couple of points from this in order to kind of wind down on what, what I've been talking about here today. It says, um, this article is from, um, oh, we'll have to, I'll have to send it out again um, if, if, in, if people are interested. It says, research shows that most people complain once a minute during a typical conversation. So as a starting point, think about yourself and any conversations you may have had with somebody recently, um, complaining once a minute during a typical conversation is normal. Um, that's pretty scary because that means just about every other sentence we say has some kind of a complaint in it. Complaining is tempting because it feels good, but like many other things that are enjoyable, such as smoking or eating a pound of bacon for breakfast, complaining isn't good for you. Your brain loves efficiency and doesn't like to work any harder than it has to. When you repeat a behavior, such as complaining, your neurons branch out to each other to ease the flow of information. This makes it much easier to repeat that behavior in the future. So easy, in fact, that you might not even realize that you're doing it. Now, of course, the, the other side of that is if you say and talk about positive, uplifting, important things, that that's also repeating something that can create um, a path or a flow of information in your brain, making it easier to, to repeat that um, type of behavior. So we're looking for the positives and the things that help us um, build the spiritual body, not um, distract from it or, or impinge on it. Repeated complaining rewires your brain to make future complaining more likely. Over time, you find it's easier to be negative than positive, regardless of what's happening around you. Complaining becomes your default behavior, which changes how people perceive you. And here's the kicker. Complaining damages other areas of your brain as well. 
Research from Stanford University has shown that complaining shrinks the hippocampus, an area of the brain that's critical to problem solving and intelligent thought. Damage to the hippocampus is scary, especially when you consider it's one of the primary brain areas destroyed by Alzheimer's. It's also bad, complaining is also bad for your health. While it's not an exaggeration to say that complaining leads to brain damage, it doesn't stop there. When you complain, your body releases the stress hormone cortisol. Cortisol shifts you into fight or flight mode, directing oxygen, blood, and energy away from everything but the systems that are essential to immediate survival. One effective cortisol, for example, is to raise your blood pressure and blood sugar so that you'll be prepared to either escape or defend yourself. All the extra cortisol released by frequent complaining impairs your immune system and makes you more susceptible to high cholesterol, diabetes, heart disease, and obesity. It even makes your brain more vulnerable to strokes. Um, and then it goes on and talks about there's some solutions to complaining. One of the approaches is to cultivate an attitude of gratitude which is when you feel like complaining, shift your attention to something that you're grateful for. Contemplate um, that and it reduces your stress hormone cortisol by 23%. So um, I see the uh, five minutes, thank you. Um, so my um, thought or my hope in offering that um, as kind of a closing thought for um, what we've been talking about tonight is just to remind each of us when we're um, talking with one another, trying to support one another through tough times and just going through our daily life, um, that we continue to remember um, what Yahweh has given us, what is being manifest through us, um, what we have the ability to try and um, uh, create as far as our perspective on life and to continue to look at those things that build the trust, build the conviction, and build the ability to have joy and to do all things through Yahshua who strengthens us, as it talks about in, um, in that scripture in Philippians we read with Paul. Um, doesn't matter whether we're on an upside of something, a downside of something, have a need of something, um, don't need something. We can do all things through Yahshua who strengthens us. And I... Um, we'll turn it back over to the moderator. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Sikelski. And our third speaker this afternoon will be the Dean of our Syracuse class, Dr. Patrick Trevison. Good evening. Uh, can you hear me? Yes, yes, we can hear you. Yes, we have you. All right. I'll do the best I can. My voice is uh, kind of subpar today. Um, I, I will try to uh, carry on with what the speakers um, have been bringing out. It's kind of a, a, an encouragement for us, and uh, I want to be encouraging, but I want to go to this scripture reading 
And I want to bring out some elements that are in there. So let's go to the scripture reading and start reading uh, right in one. We're going to read one through four. Isaiah 12 and one. In that day thou shalt say, O Yahweh, I will praise thee. Though thou wast angry with me, thine anger is turned away and thou comfortest me. Behold, Yahweh is my salvation. I will trust and shall not be afraid. For Yahweh. Now, now it's saying, Yahweh is my salvation. I will trust. The point that uh, both speakers were, were bringing out I will trust and not be afraid. Not be afraid. Read. For Yahweh, even Yahweh, is my strength and my song. He also is become my salvation. Yahweh is become my salvation. Now, Yahweh was their salvation all the way down through the law and the prophets from a natural standpoint. But on the day of Pentecost, he will become their spiritual salvation when the Holy Spirit was poured out in mankind on a permanent basis for the first time he became their spiritual salvation and this is foretelling of that event read Therefore, with joy shall ye draw water out of the wells of salvation. And in that day shall you say, praise Yahweh, call upon his name, declare his doings among the people, make mention that his name is exalted. Now make mention that his name is exalted. We're going to go over to John, the 17th chapter, and we're going to read the sixth verse. And we're going to read the 26th verse. John 17, 6. I have manifested thy name. Now, who's uh, this speaking? Yahshua the Messiah. This is Yahshua. And he's speaking to Yahweh. And he's saying, I have manifested thy name. It's just like it said in Isaiah. Yahweh is become my salvation. Yahshua means Yahweh is salvation. We're going to deal with just meat and potatoes here now, folks. Very simple stuff. Nuts and bolts. Yahweh is my salvation. Read. I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. I have manifested thy name. Manifested thy name to the folks that you gave me out of the world. Just as when we came into class, that name was manifested to us. The first thing we were immersed in when we came into class, my wife and I, was that name. 
we were baptized in the name. Let's get the reference. Matthew 28. Uh, yes. Matthew 28, 19. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. Go Bapti ye therefore. Who's the speaker? Yahshua the Messiah speaking it's to his Yashua. disciples. It's Yahshua speaking to his disciples. Read. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. Go Bapti ye and teach all nations. All nations. All nations. Read. Baptizing them in the name of the Baptizing Father. Baptizing them in the name. Read. Of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Yahweh, Yahweh Elohim, and Yahshua. And when we came into class, we were immersed or baptized in those names. They were written right up on the blackboard. First time I saw those names in my life, I thought, what? What the heck are those? <laughs> Read. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. I am with you always. I am with you always. I'm not going to go up in the sky. And then you're going to have to wait till I come back. I am with you always. Right. Now, go back to John where we were. 17, 6. I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. Thine they were, and thou gavest them me, and they have kept thy word. Verse 26. Yes. And I have declared unto them thy name, and, and will I declare have declared it. declared unto them thy name. I have declared unto them thy name. Read. And will declare it. And will declare it. He declared it right until they, they killed him on that cross. Read. That the love wherein wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them and I in them. And I in them. Now go back to the scripture and read that fourth verse again. Isaiah 12 and 4. And in that day shall you say, praise Yahweh, call upon his name, declare his doings among the people, Make mention that his name is exalted. Make mention that his name is exalted. Do you understand that that's what was going on there in John? Now, I want to go back to the third verse, Deb, and read that, please. Therefore, with joy shall ye draw water out of the wells of salvation. Now, therefore, with joy shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation. Now, I'd like to go over to um, uh, Numbers 33 and 9. 
Numbers 33, verse 9. And they removed from Mara and came unto Elam. And in Elam were 12 fountains of water and three score and 10 palm trees. And they pitched there. So there was how many wells of water? 12 fountains of water. 12 fountains of water, 12 tribes of Israel. Now go to Exodus 15, 27. Exodus 15 and 27. And they came to Elam where there were 12 wells of water and three score and 10 palm trees, and they encamped there by the waters. So it's in Exodus, it's in Numbers, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, I want to go to um, I'm trying to think, think this through in my mind. Proverbs 10 and 11. Proverbs 10 and 11. The mouth of a righteous man is a well of life. Now the mouth of a righteous man is a well Mm -hmm. of life. Read. But violence covereth the mouth of the wicked. But violence covereth the mouth of the wicked. Now, get for me Isaiah 55. Isaiah 55 and 1. Uh, No, pick it up in 10, 10 through 15. Isaiah 55 and 10. Yes. For as, as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven. Now as re- the rain comes down and snow from heaven. Read. And returns not there, but waters the earth and makes it bring forth and bud. Now it doesn't just return, but it waters the earth and it causes the earth to flourish and to bud. My wife plants in the garden and she plants flowers and the water when it rains, it causes those to bud. She plants hostas and all these different things and the yard is beautiful. When everything buds and comes forth, but if it doesn't rain, that doesn't happen. Read. That it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. And it also causes the farmers to plant seed and to plant grain and wheat and corn and the things that feed mankind. And if there's drought, then people starve to death. Read. 
So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. Now so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. So the water cycle is going to show us something about Yahweh Elohim. Read. It shall not return unto me void, it but it will shall accomplish. return unto Yahweh empty-handed. That Yahweh or Yahshua is not going to return to Yahweh empty-handed. But it shall accomplish that which I please. It will accomplish that which I please, which is salvation. Mm -hmm. Read. And it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. It will prosper in the thing that I send it to do, to fulfill that old covenant and to bring in that new covenant. Mm -hmm. And it will prosper. It will prosper. It will cause those souls to be converted and to yes. take on his very nature. Mm -hmm. so that they are the spitting image of him yep. so that his bride so that his assembly is the spitting image of him That's right. for you shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace the mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. All the fields, all the, all the trees of the fields will clap their hands. Read. Instead of the thorn shall come up the fir tree. Now wait. Uh, instead of the thorns shall come up the fir tree. Yes. Now we got to go back into Genesis. Uh, in the third Which chapter is it where they're kicked out of the garden? Is it the third chapter? Yes. All right. We'll right down at the end there. Genesis 3, um, 18, thorns and thistles. Yes, I want to pick that up. Okay. Um, I'm going to start at 17. Genesis 3, 17. And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of, the, of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. In Thor sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Read. Thorns and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt Thorns, eat your... Wait, wait. Thorns and thistles shall it bring forth to thee. Thorns and thistles shall it bring forth to thee. Read. And thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shall thou eat bread till thou return unto the ground, for out of it was taken. For dust thou art, and unto dust thou shalt return. And dust thou shalt return. Now go back to the where we were in Isaiah and reread that verse, that last verse you read. 
Instead of the thorns shall come up the fir tree. Now, instead of the thorns that it talked about in Genesis shall come up the fir tree. Now, what kind of a tree is a fir tree? Evergreen. It's an evergreen. It doesn't die in the winter. It doesn't die in the fall. It stays green. Shall come up the fir tree. Yeah. Everlasting. It's a, it's a principle of everlasting life. Mm -hmm. Read. And instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree. And instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree. And it shall be to Yahweh for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. And it shall be to Yahweh for a, what? Name. There's that name. Yeah. And for a sign that will not be cut off. You remember your speakers talked about that kingdom that would not be moved. Yes. For a sign that will not be cut off. Mm -hmm. Now, go back to um, Isaiah, where we were. Isaiah 12? Oh, yeah, no, we read it, right? Yep. We read Isaiah. So it's like the, it's talking about the water cycle. The rain comes down from heaven. You understand? It waters the earth. It evaporates. It goes up. It goes back up to the sky, and then you have it up in the sky. And then there's condensation. There's evaporation, condensation, and then precipitation. And it's showing you the Godhead, Yahweh coming down in the shape and form. You understand? Coming down into that physical body and then going back to that pure spirit state. It's just beautiful mm -hmm. how that hydrological cycle, how that water cycle, how the physical is showing us something spiritual. Now, if we could Let's run over to uh, Revelation. I want uh, twenty-two, and uh, let me get over there with you. Well, you might as well start reading it right now. Revelation 22, 1. And he showed me a pure river of water of life. No, he showed me a pure river of water of life. And I know y'all are familiar with all these things. But there may be somebody who's not familiar with all these things. He showed me a river. 
pure water, pure. Didn't one of the speakers mention pollution? Mm-hmm. Pollution in the earth plane. You've got lead in the water that a lot of cities in the United States drink. Not only in Flint, Michigan, but a lot of places. There's mercury. There's all kinds of pollution in the water. They just try to keep it to a safe minimum. It's not like this pure water that's being talked about here. Pure water of life. Now hold that there. I've got to go to John, the fourth chapter. Start reading in six. John four, verse six. Yes. Now Jacob's well was there. Yahshua, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat by now, the Yeshua, well. Yahshua comes to this place, and it's in Samaria. Mm -hmm. Okay, which is in Israel. In Israel and Judah are split. They're, they're split. They're not unified at this point. And Jacob, he comes to this place and it's Jacob's well. And you can you can do some research back into the law and you can find that Jacob's well plays a part in quite a bit of things that go on back there. Read. And it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Yahshua saith unto her, give me to drink. Now Yahshua asked the woman of Samaria to give him some water to drink. Read. For his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy food. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, who am a woman of Samaria? How is it that you, being of Judah, Ask me, who's of Samaria, to give you water. Read. For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Yahshua answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of Elohim, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. And he would have given thee living water. Now he talks to this woman about living water. He said, if you knew, if you knew, if people only knew the people that you've talked to since you've come into this teaching, if they only knew 
what you could have given them. You could have given them living water. If you could only tell them, they would think you were nuts if you told them that. But the truth is, you are, you are capable of giving people living water. Read. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with. The well is deep. From where then hast thou living water? Now this well is deep. Where are you going to come up with this living water? Read. Art thou greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank are from you it greater himself? Than Jacob? Read. Who gave us the well and drank from it himself and his sons and his cattle? And his sons and his cattle. You see, Jacob's sons were the 12 tribes of Israel. And Jacob's name was later changed to Israel. Read. Yahshua answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. Now look. If you drink of the water in the earth plane, you'll thirst again. I cut somebody's grass yesterday. I was dying of thirst. I was drinking a lot of water. I did my own run the day before that. I was dying of thirst. I was drinking a lot of water. You understand? And I was still thirsty. Do you understand? You'll drink again. Physical water. You will drink again. It can only slake your thirst to a certain percentage. Read. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. Who, whosoever shall drink of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. And on the day of Pentecost, that spirit in Yahshua was put in men. And when you came to class and you came to the point where you had your day of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, your day of Pentecost, that was the Holy Spirit put in you. That made, that gave you the authority to give people living water. Living water. I'm talking about Yahshua in you. Giving people living water. That's right. It's amazing stuff. Mm -hmm. read, Deb, read down to 14. But the water that I shall give him 
shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. The water that I shall give him shall be a water, a well, a well of life springing up. Well, this, you understand, this is all done through the law and through the prophets. Mm-hmm. Now, um, go back to Revelation, where we were. Revelation 22, 1. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of Yahweh and of now the he's Lamb. See, he's John is seeing a vision, and he's seeing this river of pure water flowing. Is that what it said? Mm-hmm. Read. And in the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river, was there the tree of life? Was there the tree of life? The tree of life. Now the tree of life, you understand? In your brain, that's the cerebellum. There's, there's a tree of life in your cerebellum, in your brain, and the third ventricle in your brain produces the purest water on the face of the earth. Name the water. Uh, I'm trying to think of the name of the water. Cerebral, Cerebral spinal fluid. fluid. Cerebral, Cerebral spinal fluid. Jeez, everybody knows it but me. <laughs> Cerebral spinal fluid flows out of that third ventricle and it bathes the brain. And it's very important, a very important function. And it, here it comes, it's coming forth and it it's going right through that, past that cerebellum. And there's a, a thing in there called the arbor vitae, or That's the right. tree of life. Mm-hmm. And in Revelation, he says he sees the pure water flow on either side of the street, the tree of life. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. So what's in the book of Revelation is what's in your body. Read. And in the midst of the street of it and on either side of the river was there the tree of life which bare 12 manner of fruits. 12 manner of fruits. Those nine attributes plus righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. 12 manner of fruits. Read. And yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the trees were for the healing of the nations. Were for the healing of the nations. But that's the preaching of the gospel. Mm-hmm. Is there more there? Just three. And there shall no more 
there shall be no more curse, but the throne of Yahweh and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. All right. Now go to the 21st chapter and read the 6th verse. 21 and 6. And he said unto me, it is done. I am Alpha and Omega. Now who's the speaking then? Joshua. This is Joshua. I'm Alpha and Omega. I'm the beginning. I'm the end. I'm the first. I'm the last of the creation, of the purpose. Read. I will give unto him that is a thirst. I will give to him that is a thirst. This was talked about in John. This was talked about back there in Isaiah. I will give to him who is a thirst. Read. Of the fountain of the water of life freely. Of the fountain of the water of life freely. Freely. Now show that green chart again, Greg, please. Now that water comes out that past the cerebellum. There's the cerebellum there, where the little arrow is. And it comes down through the spinal cord. It cleanses the spinal cord. It's cleansing, do you understand? Its purpose is to cleanse and it's pure, pure water. And it's produced in the ventricle, in the brain in the belly. Now, we got to go to John 7, 38. John 7, 38 and 39. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said. Now, who's speaking here? Yahshua the Messiah. This is Yahshua the Messiah. And he's saying, he that believeth on me, as the scripture has said. What are the scriptures? The law and the prophets. The law and the prophets. It's not Revelation. It's not John. It's not Corinthians. It's not Paul's epistles. It's the law and the prophets. They are Yahshua's witnesses. He that believeth on me as the witnesses had said. Out of his belly. Susie talked about those witnesses. Mm-hmm. How, they, how you establish your faith. How it's established. Mm-hmm. Oh. My goodness. Read. Out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Out of his belly, that third ventricle in your brain is a belly, shall flow rivers of living water. You have the physical witness in your body. Mm -hmm. When you speak, 
you have buccinator muscles in your mouth. That means bugle or trumpet. And you are preaching the gospel. Mm -hmm. You are speaking the truth. He who believeth on me is the scriptures that said, out of his belly, out of you, the Holy Spirit through you, preaching the truth out of your mouth, out of your mouth, through the Holy Spirit in you. Read. Shall flow rivers of living water. Shall flow rivers of living water. Rivers of living water. And listen, you have another mystery. Thank you, I see the, I see the sign. And you have another mystery in operation. And you do have pollution in the creation. And that mystery is going to, the water is going to be the opposite of living. It's going to be dead water. It's going to be polluted water. And here you have it on the right-hand side of the chart. Out of his mouth is going to be lies. Mm -hmm. Everything is going to be death. Let's just get John 8, uh, 44 and read. John 8:44, ye are of your father the devil. No, this is Joshua, right, Deb? Yes. Who's he speaking to? Uh, he's got to be talking to the Pharisees, scribes. Yes, he's talking mm -hmm. to the religious leaders at that time. Yeah. Ye are of your father the devil. There was a fellow up there in Canada recently. He went to somebody's class. And you can get a witness on this and told them they're supposed to have class three days a week. They're supposed to dress a certain way. They're supposed to do this. They're supposed to do that. In other words, bringing back carnal ordinances, just like it was at the beginning of the age, here it is at the end of the age. You got to do this. You got to do that. Now look, folks, that's not the way it is in the new covenant. That's not the way it is. Read that where you are. Ye are of your father the devil, and the loss of your father ye will do. So here he is. He's speaking to the religious leaders back there. And I'll speak right to him now. You have your father the devil. Mm -hmm. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth. He does not abide in the truth. His he water is polluted. Mm -hmm. It's polluted water. It's not living water. Read. Because there's no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own for he is a liar and the father of it. He's the father of lies. And there are many lies. 
right in our school being taught. They'll be being taught today, tomorrow morning. You can watch, watch them being taught. I never thought it would be that way, but you know, it had to be that way. The book said it would be that way. And if there's living water, then there has to be dead water. Mm -hmm. That's just the way that it is. The mystery on the left, the mystery of righteousness is going to give you that living water. The mystery on the right, or the mystery of iniquity is going to give you dead water. You knew you need to discern. You need to listen carefully to what is being taught. Weigh the witnesses for yourself and make sure that what is being said to you is the truth. I thank you for the time. All praises belongs to Yahshua. Thank you, Dr. Trivison. We'd like to thank everybody who's joined us today for our Zoom class. And we'd also like to thank those who have viewed us on YouTube. We hold our Zoom class every Saturday from 4 to 6 p.m. Pacific time. At this time, I'd like to ask the class to stay muted until the live stream has ended. We'll now be dismissed by the doxology, which is taken from the last two verses of the book of Jude. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise Elohim, our Savior, through Yahshua the Messiah, our Sovereign, belong glory and majesty, dominion and power, both before all time and now and ever. Let us all say, Hallelujah. Hallelujah.